welcome to the final episode of JuliaCon the podcast on the final day of JuliaCon the conference. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nathan Daly, and I'm joined with our other hosts here, Huda Nasser and Keno. Hi. And um, this is the final episode titled uh, Last Week This Morning. So um, thank you for coming. Uh, we have today um, two very special guests. We're interviewing Jane and Avik, the two co-organizers for the Julia Khan Conference 2020. Um, we're gonna talk to them about a bit about themselves, their backgrounds, and then about the conference overall. Uh, but we're gonna start first today, like we start every episode of the last three episodes so far, with a hello segment, um, where we're gonna do a quick hello from a member of the community and spotlight that. So. Um, Ahan, if you're uh, able to unmute your video, come on the on the podcast and say a quick hi to everyone. Hi, I'm Ahan. Uh, I've been using Julia for about four years now, and uh, currently I've been working on game development in Julia. That's awesome. Thanks. Is this your? Um, this isn't your first JuliaCon. You were at least uh, last year there, yeah. Uh, yes, I was at London and Baltimore. So this is your so, third JuliaCon. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and is this the first year you gave a talk? Uh, no, I gave a talk last year, uh, like Oh, cool. What was your talk on last year? Um, it, I can't remember. <laughs> That's okay. That is okay. That's totally okay. I did watch your talk this year, and it was. Uh, it looks like the um, the game development package will be a lot of fun. Um, I'm. I when I get some more time, I want to sit down and and play with that again. Yeah, looks really cool. Um, yeah, well, thank you for coming on and saying hello. We're looking forward to seeing you again in person next time we have an in-person conference. And Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks, yeah. So um, really appreciate everybody who's come on for our hello segments uh, throughout the whole podcast. Um, and um, if we ever do more of these, there will be a new form to fill out. And, uh, uh, but if you could still fill out this form if you want, I'm not sure if we're gonna do any more podcasts, but uh, maybe we will. So uh, fill out the form if you're just feeling like filling out forms. Um, it's a beautiful form. It's a beautiful form. So with that, I'm gonna pass it over um, to uh, Keno for some background on the conference that we just had. Yeah, so uh, one thing we asked people to do uh, the yesterday or rather this morning is to send in just a short clip um, of themselves saying hello to the conference, just to highlight, I think, the global and diverse nature of um, attendees at this online conference. And you know, usually, usually at every JuliaCon, we do a big all attendee photo, but obviously that doesn't work this time, so. Um, we collected some clips and we've cut them together into uh, a short collage, I would say, of clips. And please enjoy the uh, attendees of JuliaCon. Hi, I'm Eric Davies, watching from my home in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Hi, I'm Thomas. I really enjoyed watching JuliaCon from my home in a suburb of Copenhagen, Denmark, called Bellehof. Sziasztok, Csertek Tamás vagyok Magyarországról. A 2020-as JuliaCon-t a Velencei tó mellől néztem végig. 
Hola, saludos desde Buenos Aires, Argentina. Hi, my name is Travis. I built the JuliaCon web app and I have been watching from surprisingly sunny Seattle, Washington. Hi, this is Kyle, Hola, mi nombre es Germán Abrevalla y estuve viendo a la JuliaCon desde Buenos Aires, Argentina. My name is Tim Larson. I've been watching JuliaCon from Kenton, Ohio, USA. Greetings from the Julians. I'm Kosana. I've been watching JuliaCon 2020 from Laos, Zimbabwe. Yes, from Africa. The future of Julia is bright. This is Jeff Bazanson in Cambridge, Mass. 10 print Hello World 20 Go to 10. Goedendag. Dit is Johan van Kerkhoven en ik volg JuliaCon vanuit Mechelen in België. Dank u. Oi, meu nome é Abel Siqueira e estou assistindo JuliaCon de Curitiba, Paraná, Brasil. 2021, espero estar lá para assistir ao vivo. Até mais. Hello everyone. This is Tom Kwon. I have been watching JuliaCon from Los Angeles, California this year. It's one of the nicest online conferences I have ever been to. Enjoy your time. All right, thank you so much again to everybody who sent in those short clips. Um, and I hope you got a sense of just how global uh, the JuliaCon audience this year really was. Um, we had submissions from around the world um, and we were so happy to see everybody. And with that, I think it's time for our interview segment. So Uda, why don't you take it away with Jane? Thank you, Keno. Um, yeah, Jane, do you want to turn on your video now as a good time? Thank you for the cue. <laughs> Hi, Jane, how are you? I'm well, how are you doing? I imagine you had a very long week. Or maybe not even a week, even more, because I'm imagining that preparations right before the JuliaCon week is even also a really hectic week. So I'm imagining... I'm imagining you've been very busy for the past couple of weeks. It has been busy, but we've had an excellent organizing committee, so it's not so bad when you've got a team. That's amazing. Yes, that's the spirit of Julia, teams. <laughs> yeah. um, so just to tell everyone, Jane, you are the executive chair or co-executive chair of uh, the Julia Khan organizing committee, correct? Right, Avik and I together are executive chairs. You and Avik, correct. Uh, let's uh, write a little bit from the JuliaCon aspect because I know we're going to talk more about it in uh, just a couple of minutes and maybe talk a little bit more about you and uh, what kind of work you do. Maybe tell us uh, what's your day job and um, uh, how does how did uh, Julia become part of your life and how did you first get started using Julia? Oh, sure. Yeah. So um, I got started with Julia a few years ago now. I don't, maybe probably four I don't know, some, something like four years ago. Um, and I got started as a graduate student, so I brought it into my research to make things better and easier for me. That worked out pretty well. I also met some cool people along the way. Um, and uh, that was how I, you know, through meeting people at the first JuliaCon that I attended was how I ended up getting uh, the opportunity to help out with JuliaCon. And I think 2018 was the first time. So that's probably 17, if I'm remembering correctly. You, maybe, or maybe that was when I, I definitely spoke at 2017, but. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, 
in any case, uh, that was how so I. So you've been involved in organizing Julia Khan. So you're saying you've been involved in organizing Julia Khan since 2018. So Julia Right, right. So this is the third wow. one that I popped That's out That's amazing. With. Yeah, um, I, I thought. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. Um, and yeah, I so I got started as a graduate student with the language, um, and I just stopped being a graduate student in. February or June, depending on how you count. But I defended in February. Congratulations, uh, Doctor. Yes, thank you. It was uh, quite the relief after quite the long time as a, as a student. Yeah, the relief. Um, but yeah, so now I'm working at Lawrence Livermore National Lab as a technical consultant with the supercomputer there, uh, Livermore Computing. Um, so that is my day job. That's amazing. Uh, and do you use any Julia in your current day job? I know you've used Julia in grad school, but uh, has this uh, stayed with you after grad school? I haven't used it much yet. My what what I work on is largely driven by um, you know what our users want and have the most interest in. Um, and so I've mostly used Julia in the context of like if I have something that I want to teach or like mm. draft docs on or something like that. Um, I was working on making a, a a tutorial, I guess, on using containers the other day. And I find myself like playing with Julia containers and showing people how to run a Julia script within a container. So I it, like bring it in here and there, but not as much as in grad school at this point. I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you try to bring in Julia to your work. Uh, you've already been very involved in uh, organizing Julia cons, which is a really, really uh, um, tough task. Uh, and uh, hats off to you for uh, working on uh, that aspect of uh, Julia for the past three years. But also I want to highlight one other aspect to do for the language and that is a lot of, you've, you've actually worked on a lot of outreach projects and um, uh, organized. I mean, I think the introduction to Julia on Julia Academy is a course that you've prepared and uh, you've organized and prepared a lot of educational material. Do you want to tell us a little more about this? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I got hired to work for Julia Computing in 2018, or I guess technically the very end of 2017. Um, and I spent a year there while I took off some time from graduate school. And uh, and the purpose of that role was to increase diversity in the uh, in the Julia community. Work that has since been taken up by many very active people, like you know, yourself, for example, and Logan Kilpatrick, and uh, and many others. Um, but yeah, as that, I guess my my approach to um, making the language more inclusive was to try to have more teaching materials out there because I figured the barrier to entry is often one of the reasons that, um, you know, people don't get started with something because it's intimidating. And, uh, and Julia has been built by a lot of intelligent people. Um, and I think that's sometimes scary for new users. If you don't have as much background programming to read documentation that's written by experts because you know, just it's kind of a mismatch in expectations. Um, so yeah, that was how I got involved with some of that. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you for everything you've done for from preparing material to organizing to all the outreach programs. Um, Jane is one of my favorite people in the community, and I think she's a wonderful organizer. So uh, with that, we'll end this very quick section with you, Jane, but we'll move to uh, Avik, and then we'll bring both of you at the end to talk specifically about this Julia Khan. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us now. Thank you. Bye. And now we will move to Nathan, who will be interviewing our next guest, uh, Avik Sengupta.
Yes, thanks. Uh, yeah, Avik, you can come right off the uh, video mute. Hello. Um, yes, can you hear me? Let me. My daylight has gone because it's dinner time where I am. So unfortunately, the lighting isn't that great. But hopefully, yeah. you can see me. No, you have the same dramatic lighting I had last night, or two <laughs> nights ago, when we filmed, where it's like blue on one side and yellow on the other, like like from the set That's of good. a high school theater production. Yes. I like it. Um, yes. Well, why don't you start by uh, uh, telling us, yeah, where you're located um, and um, uh, what you do? Yes, I am in uh, currently almost sunny London. I've lived in London for a while now, and I work for Julia Computing, where I uh, lead the teams that develop uh, our commercial products. And um, yeah, I, I lead a distributed team that's pretty much all over the world. Uh, and I am located at uh, a time zone in the center, so that helps. Um, what, um, uh, there's so many questions. And then of course, also you are the uh, other co-executive chair with uh, for Julie yes. Khan with, with together with Jane, and we're gonna talk about that more. Um, yes, this. absolutely. Um, but thank you for everything you've done here as well. Uh, like uh, Huda was talking about, I'm sure it's been a busy couple of weeks. It has uh, not much sleep in the last uh, week, uh, but it's been fun. Uh, it's always fun, which is why I keep coming back, uh, even though the week, the particular weeks in July are always uh, stressful, but uh, yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, agreed. We have a good time as the audience too, as the participants. Um, what got you, how did you get connected with Julia Computing in the first place? Um, so I started with uh, developing Julia a long time before I actually connected with Julia Computing. I started developing Julia, I suppose, before there was a Julia Computing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I made a few PRs, managed, created a few packages. And uh, a few years after that, uh, the Julia Computing guys got started. And when they had an opening, they just reached out. The community was, was much smaller at that point. And probably that was one of the reasons why they chose to reach out to me, but uh, glad they did. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's been fun since uh, what, 2016 now, I think that I started formally with uh, Julia Computing. That's amazing. So it's been a while. What um, was your uh, like area before this? I have spent most of my life writing Java programs for investment banks. Hmm. Um, and so I spent many, many years doing that. So as a, um, like a software engineer would be. As a software title. engineer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. And so I've written sort of risk and trading systems for various wow. investment banks as a consultant, as a direct hire. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I haven't written Java since the last five years. So that's been good for you. Good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was, I was curious because I think there's not a lot of, uh, like I actually think, despite this being a programming language uh, community conference, there's there's not that many software engineers here. Um, I'm one yes. as well. Um, but of course, the, a lot of the community is like more from the hard sciences or or even from as computer scientists. Um, yes. Um, which I guess is True. different. So I in the it's first the first JuliaCon that I visited in Chicago, which was when 2015, 2014. maybe 2014. 14. Yeah. Uh, so my talk was uh, using Julia in production. Uh, so yeah, it's been a while. Oh, that's, yeah, it's nice. Well, I'm glad that it's nice that we have this too, this aspect. Um, I know we, um, 
uh, at my company, we definitely rely on um, some of the open source um, tools like AWS.jl and 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 uh, these other business production um, um, tools for for running Julia in production that you guys have been maintaining. So it's much appreciated. Um, what's um what how have things changed uh, like in the last couple years after 1.0 like uh, in in terms of your role at Julia Computing and in terms of like how Julia Computing is connecting with the, the rest of the community, how, is, um, how has that relationship changed or, or experience changed? I think, uh, I mean, a lot of our success obviously depends on, uh, you know, how many Julia developers there are and uh, how many companies are using Julia for uh, sort of production workloads. And obviously since Julia 1.0, in the last, what, two years now, um, that has increased quite dramatically, right? And I think that's visible to everybody in the community. Our uh, discourse posts have gone up, our Slack volumes have gone up. And I think it's fair to say that as a result, uh, you know, our business has obviously therefore, uh, you know, uh, been more attractive mm -hmm. for our clients. Uh, so, you know, the number of clients that we have, the number of people that we work with, have certainly grown over the last few years. Uh, it's still early days for the language, uh, you know, compared to say Python or R, uh, but uh, it's enough to keep us going and we only see an upward, upward trend from now on. So yeah, all good. And Touchwood. What was the last thing you said? Touchwood. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, agreed. Uh, I don't think we need the luck. I think that things things do seem like they're in the right direction. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, okay, that's. I think we're basically at time here too. So um, maybe we can bring. Uh, thank you for the interview, Avik, and then uh, maybe we can bring Jane back on and uh, I guess start our our panel session about um, JuliaCon. Hey, Jane. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jane's yeah, cat. Like oh yeah. <laughs> We should see more about the cats. She wanted to say. What did hi. you say the cat's name was? This one is Gem. G E M M. Hi, Gem. General Matrix Multiply. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm so proud of their name. It took me a long time. <laughs> and your other cat's name is? Nance. Yes. <laughs> like there's something about picking the oh. right names in the Julia community in general. Like everyone wants to pick really good names. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Even us, like, um, we try to find good names for the episodes, and we spend so much time thinking about it. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about JuliaCon. So, you know, when did organizing for this get started, and uh, how did the switch to an online conference affect things? And why don't we? Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just, I was going to say, gosh, when did we get started? Um, I think we started, it was literally, I remember the conversation we had during last year's JuliaCon, where we started kind of laying the groundwork for thinking about locations. Um, I don't remember when we actually settled on Lisbon, uh, but I think it was sometime after that in the fall that we started actually having meetings. Does that sound right, Avik? Yes. Uh Surprisingly, this year we decided we wanted to start early compared to Baltimore or even London. And so uh, we decided on uh, 
Lisbon, I think in yeah, September, uh, compared to Baltimore, that was like three months ahead of schedule. Uh, we got the venue, we started getting sponsors. And of course then COVID hit in uh, February, March. And by February, we were almost ready to go. You know, we had AV settled in Lisbon. We had the room layout planned. We uh-huh. had, uh, uh, you know, the food venues planned. Uh, we had the party organized. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the party. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had a boat for the party. Yo, uh, no, no. Yeah. We had boats for everybody. Hey, now I wish worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were settling menus, so we were looking like breakfast, lunch, dinner. Wow. And yeah, we, were, we were really ahead of schedule. And wow. Really on top of our game. Wow. But fate had different plans. So well, here we are. What about next year? Is this are these plans gonna just be pushed for next year? Largely, or to the extent that they can be, we're hoping uh, so. Like, um, do you have any projections uh, to the future? If <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, if we were good at that, we wouldn't have gotten so far with planning Lisbon for 2020. <laughs> um, but uh, if things are in a better place in July of 2021, we are hoping to go to Lisbon there, or going yeah. to Lisbon then. <laughs> um, and uh, and Vivaldo, had, uh, uh, Vivaldo has been great about helping organize on that end in uh, the university there. Um, ISCTE is very happy to have us, uh, assuming all goes well. So hopefully everybody's traveling yeah. in a year. <laughs> so, Indeed. yeah. I think we have, we do have the rooms booked formally for next year in Lisbon. Oh, well. uh, so if we can travel, we will be there. Uh, I think whether we go there, the people to answer it are the people in our community who I imagine are working on vaccines. So... If vaccines happen, then we will be there. If vaccines don't happen, then probably. Gotta fix those Julia bugs, otherwise the vaccines won't happen. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where we are. The plans are there, they just need to be dusted off. Um, Yeah, so how did the the switch to online, like what, I imagine that was a massive, uh, a massive change in the way that the committee was organized and the committee was structured and the activities. So how did that happen? And you know, how, how frantic of an activity was that? Well, um, I guess th- there was sort of a gradual, uh, I don't know, reckoning with reality or something where I think in March probably was when we started having the conversation, like, what if this isn't better by the summer? That seems like <laughs> an interesting question. But um, yeah, we started talking about the possibility of online in March. So it's in the back of our minds. And uh, and we said, okay, we'll decide in, I think we said June, so, or maybe it was the end of May. But in any case, we, we ended up making a decision at least a couple of weeks before when we originally set the deadline because it was pretty clear um, at some point, I think in early May, that we would not be meeting in person. Um, one of the big changes was that we decided we needed to have um, a web app um, that 
many of you have probably seen where you, know, you can go to the live schedule um, at juliacon.org and um, watch videos um, from within the browser. Um, and we didn't have anybody on the committee at that point who had the expertise to do that. And so that was when we kind of drafted Travis DePrado, uh, who was excellent, came in uh, and ran that for us um, with the help of <coughs> others as well, but he really led that effort. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so Travis has been uh, critical to get the uh, get the web app uh, and the conference therefore uh, happen. Uh, we thought a lot about you know what feel we wanted to give for the conference because uh, on one hand, doing an online conference gives you the ability to widen the net a huge by a huge amount, right? Uh, people who um, people who can't travel uh, for financial or physical reasons. But also people who are more casual users of Julia, right? Who don't, who don't want to, uh, you know, put in the commitment to travel across the world to a conference. Uh, so we can, you know, get both those kinds of audience into the conference. So it was important to, you know, uh, to address that to ensure that the conference is accessible across the world. So one of the decisions we took early on is that. Uh, we wouldn't have a fee, right? Mm. Uh, even though we could, we could have an, uh, a smaller fee, but still a fee. And some conferences are doing that. Uh, but on the other hand, JuliaCon has a very unique feel where the community comes together, right? For a year in a week, uh, for a week in a year. And, uh, you know, people come together, talk to each other, meet the authors of the program that they're using in their research and vice versa. Uh, do hackathons together, uh, make friendships, hire. So all of these happen at JuliaCon, right? Uh, because our community in that sense is quite close-knit. Maybe because we are a small community, but there is you know, more connections than uh, a random uh, programming language uh, community in, on the internet. So we really wanted to keep that feel. So while we did want to you know, uh, open out the field, make it more accessible, uh, we still wanted to have a sense that the community is coming together. And uh, that sort of drove the design of the conference where we had all the talks pre-recorded, but we still played them on a schedule. Instead of, uh, a lot of conferences are doing this where the talks are coming out on YouTube in you know the two weeks before the conference. So you watch on your own time, and then maybe you come in and a Zoom call or a Zulip chat and ask questions to the uh, to the speakers in at a certain time during the day, right? Uh, we didn't want to do that because we wanted to feel that you know people are coming together in time and if not in space, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so even though you know the world took space away from us, we still wanted to you know keep time in our control. If that makes sense. So with all that, I think Travis has made a great effort in ensuring that this vague design idea that we had in April, uh, you know, is concretized in this web app that uh, he has built. So it's been uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I mean the the web app has been has been working great. I mean, you know, for the given that it's the first time it's been used, I mean, no yep. software ever works the first time. So. Exactly. I'm, I'm amazed that it did work. And I think we've had actually several guests on 
who remarked during this week that they were so impressed um, with the work that you guys and the organizing committee have been doing in getting this conference up and running without you know so much as a technical glitch. There were a few, but um, at least as, at least as far as we were able to see. So that's yes. my next question. You know, what what? How was this week like? You know, were there any glitches that we didn't see? And anything there else were that a few glitches. Week? I don't think uh, it uh, detracted too much from people's enjoyment. We had a few videos mislabeled. Uh, we had a few videos that didn't play at the right time, uh, so we had to go scrambling to fix them. Uh, but overall, you know, people got to see all the videos. Uh, there was one talk which we couldn't play on time at all, so but that we rescheduled in uh, in a couple of hours. So, you know, that was good. Uh, we had a couple of sponsor sponsor talks that were mislabeled, so that was a bit annoying. Uh, but overall, uh, I think things worked. Uh, you know, uh, I think the Discord chat was uh, quite active. The speakers, I hope, felt that. People were engaged with their content. Uh, I thought every talk got a reasonable amount of engagement on chat, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, the one difficult part that uh, we didn't know what to do was posters, because you know how do you do a poster session online? Uh, we had some vague idea of how we wanted to do the talks online, but the poster sessions were, uh, I think, uh, you know, we had no clue. We just all we could think of, we, we throw the posters on a web page and see what happens. And what happened was that uh, basically Pamela and Miguel today, and Pamela on the first day, took it upon themselves to moderate those poster sessions. So they got uh, you know the poster presenters to talk about their posters on <laughs> the chat channel, and that worked really well. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with the posters in that you know, poster sessions are, uh, you know, scheduled together. So in terms of the scheduling software, they don't understand how poster sessions work. And so we had problems with, you know, how, how to display which posters are where. So there were some issues around that. But I think uh, between Pamela on uh, Wednesday and Miguel today, they did a great job in, uh, uh, you know, collating the posters, coordinating the speakers, and that's been a learning. So if you have to do this again, thanks to the, these two, uh, we now know how to do it. So uh, I think that's been a big part of the last three days. Yeah. I, are you sad that if we never get to do it online again, you spend all this effort figuring out how to do an online conference and just like a little bit? I mean, I know we'd all rather be together, but you know, is, is, is there some amount of like regret? Oh, we've gone through all this effort of figuring out how to put on the perfect online conference, and now we, we only get to use that knowledge once? That has occurred to me. And, and yeah, it's not something <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it regret per se, but I have been thinking like, oh, we've learned so much. We must be able to like capitalize on this somehow, uh -huh. <laughs> like spread yeah. this knowledge. Is there a way or is there any talks? I think I saw something on Discord this morning about people asking if like it's going to be hybrid in the future, some, some sort of um, a physical conference in, in a place, but still like try to have all this interaction online for whoever couldn't make it. Are there any talks about that? Only at the level you just gave, to yeah. my knowledge. I mean, we, we've acknowledged that it would be nice if we could still have, if we could continue having this kind of reach. 
right? Um, but I think it would take a lot of careful planning to find what and what ways, and even if there are ways that we could really do that well. Um, because I mean, for example, like if, if there's a, a boff going on in person and then you bring people in on Discord, it's not really gonna be the same for the people that aren't in the room physically. Um, so yeah, that'll that, that'll take some consideration to see what we can do there. But it would be really nice if there if there's a way that we can pull that off um, in future in person Julia cons. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was from where I stand and from the people I've talked to, it seems like it was a great success. So uh, it would be nice to capitalize on it. I uh, completely agree. Um, it would. Uh, it's you know we've had what twenty thousand viewers, unique viewers on our YouTube channels in the wow. last week. 23,000, I think. And um, we had about 1,200 people join our Discord. So it's certainly been, you know, orders of magnitude greater. Yeah, and registrations. The physical Julia Condas. More than 10,000. Registrations were 10,000, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. 10,000 registrations. Is a 20,000 unique viewers on our YouTube channels. How does that compare to unique viewers last year? Do we know? Uh, but last year, unique viewers on our uh, website, uh, on our YouTube channel, don't quote me on it, even though I'm on the internet, uh, <laughs> probably around four or 5,000 over the week. Wow. So, oh, that's a big change. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so I think uh, the whole... Uh, you know, the places of JuliaCon channel has been a great amount of joy to me. Uh, amazing photos from amazing parts of the world. Uh, and so I think that's, uh, I hope you guys create a collage of that and put it on the video. Oh, we have yeah. the video collage that yeah. we showed earlier on this podcast. You do indeed. Um, all right, so I think we are getting close to time, and I know Jane, you have a, a hard stop in in ten minutes. But uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, what was your favorite moment, either from the conference itself or from the organizing process? You know, what what stood out to you this year that you'd like to share with everybody listening? Mine is kind of silly. I mean, I. Well, first off, I'll say there were a bunch of really great talks that I enjoyed. Um, so maybe generally content, but uh, there were several times throughout the conference where I felt like there were these little Easter eggs slipped into talks, you know, where people told jokes and and I would just find myself laughing. <laughs> I think those were my favorite moments. Like um, the, the first two that come to mind, there was uh, the, the talk earlier today from Christopher where he was talking about putting PKG in airplane mode and he was like, but that's not relevant anymore. So we made a working in the park in a, a safely socially distanced, um, a social distance without Wi-Fi mode. And <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And then um, Travis and Raj had a talk on, uh, on computational textbooks where they were like, let's just say you pick some, you know, our favorite trigonom trig trigonometric function and uh, and uh, he was like, and we'll pick sign because we're not monsters. <laughs> and so it was like little things like that that uh, brightened my day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the talks have been fun. Uh, for me, uh, 
you know, obviously last week has been uh, quite stressful, but uh, on Friday, um, I was going through our uh, list of registrations, just looking at some statistics. And I saw for the first time, I noticed that uh, we have registrations from 115 different countries and with a list that includes pretty much every country that you would have heard of. And so just looking at that one statistic, I think made me really pleased and gave me a second wind for the rest of the week uh, to see that, uh, you know, what we have been doing does make sense and uh, does resonate with people. So I think that's that's been one of my key moments in the last week or so. All right, beautiful. Thank you both for uh, all the work that you've put into organizing this. And uh, obviously also uh, thank you to the rest of the committee who's been tirelessly and without sleep, I imagine, working on this with you to make this happen. Um, I think all of, all of us are very grateful and I imagine the community as a whole is, is very grateful to you for all the work that you've put in. And you know, despite uh, this not being in Lisbon and in person, um, I hope it's it's brought the community together a bit. And you know, thank you again for all the work that you've done towards Indeed. this. And uh, with you. that, we'll let you go. Um, thank you. Have fun, guys. Thank you the again for being great. One of the highlights of the conference. So yeah, thank you for doing this. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for us in the conference. Yeah. Bye. All right. So, what a what a great week it's been. Um, you know, thank you from the three of us. I think to all the people who've been watching and listening and watching live, commenting and submitting photos and suggestions and uh, comments and feedback and jokes and everything in between. Um, you know, we've we've had so many great guests on, um, and it, it's been a blast. So I wouldn't have done it any other way, despite how much work this was. Thank you to Keno for organizing this idea and, and pushing both of us through it. That was really great. Oh no, I couldn't have done it without you guys. I mean, this is <laughs> all the all the late night organizing that we did just you know, on Slack and, you know, on testing various video setups. And, um. Yeah, same. I'll add that I thank you to both of you. Uh, first of all, I did actually have so much fun uh, doing this with you two. And um, yeah, all the late night planning and getting things to work last minute. I do have a special thanks to everyone who was watching us on the live YouTube, because I think this, this crowd was bearing with us uh, exceptionally, like more than everyone else, just because they waited on, like every time we say, oh, it's 2 p.m. and then like 2.30 p.m. and 2 they haven't started yet. 2.25. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So thanks to everyone who showed up for the live uh, streaming uh, and um, was there for us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to echo that I think um, we've been hearing from people that the podcast has made this feel a little bit more in person and close, but uh, the three of us, I think, get the selfish benefit that it's made it way more uh, in person and close. So I just wanted to appreciate uh, 
you two as well for helping to make this conference so much more fun for me. Um, and thank you to all of our guests and to the live stream and everybody who's been engaged with the podcast. Um, each of you have made this so much more fun for us. Um, and so uh, if we, if this podcast continues into the future, we may like do some kind of rotating host situation. Highly recommend uh, hosting this podcast because it really is a blast. So if you're watching this, uh, maybe this could be you one day. Fill out the form that we will inevitably have. Uh, Eventually. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll have it. We'll, we'll find a forum somewhere and send it out somehow. Something will happen at some point in the future. <laughs> How's that for being definitive? So, thanks. Uh, all right. And yeah, so, uh, finally, I think this is it. Special thanks oh. to Elliot, right? Our editor. Yes, yes. Um, special. Elliot, special thank you so Elliot. much for everything you've been doing. I have a confession to make. I think since you started editing, we maybe became a little more sloppy with like, oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah thank you so much all right so with that i think for the final time bye everyone goodbye thank you